And welcome to The Scoop Podcast. I'm editor of The Scoop, Margie Echelkamp, joined today by Kyle Gustafson, and he is a crop protection product manager at Winfield United. Kyle, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me on, Margie. I'm really looking forward to this today. So you're based out of Volga, South Dakota, which is kind of in the Brookings area, but your responsibility for Winfield United is really across a pretty large territory. So just tell us first a little bit about your role as the crop protection product manager. Yeah, so a little bit about my role. So there's actually seven of us across the country. Um, but in my role, I cover the Dakotas, Montana, and the Pacific Northwest. And what I do is I'm kind of like a technical resource, if you will, for Winfield United sales staff. And through Winfield United sales staff, the retail owners that we work with. So I handle a lot of the agronomy training, both in the wintertime through meetings and webinars and through technical uh, information development. And then in the summertime, I do a lot of your uh, technical development type of uh roles, responsibilities. I do field days where I lead plot tours. I handle calls related to, you know, hey, does this mix with that? Or what would be the best product for this particular agronomy environment? And it's it's a really fun role. So uh, I've, I've been in this role for a couple of years. And before that, I spent uh, nine years as a regional agronomist covering South Dakota and Southern North Dakota. So, you know, in, in my whole time, of working for Winfield United, I've worked in some form of technical development. And it's, I love my geography because I get everything from the corn soybean rotations of Eastern South and North Dakota to the, the wheat and the canola and the sunflowers of the Western Dakotas to, you know, the, all the, the unique crop rotations of the Pacific Northwest and, and every area has their challenges. And I'm a learner. I love to learn. I love to learn about different areas. And it's been really fun because I can take different areas ideas and I move to another area and I can kind of incorporate that idea somewhere else and I can help everybody learn a little more about you know how can we all get better how can Winfield United get better how can the retailers we serve get better how can the farmers they work with get better how can we all get better through technical agronomy to drive better sales and better profitability all the way from from us to the farmer that that we work with. So you have spurred me to think about a couple of follow-up questions, but the first one that I have for you, and you talked about your previous role as well with Winfield United and a couple of the different jobs and responsibilities you have had, but what drew you to get involved in the ag retail industry? You know, it's funny, like some kids grow up dreaming of being astronauts and some kids grow up, you know, dreaming of being firefighters or teachers and I can tell you the exact FFA trip I was on when I decided I wanted to be an agronomist. I remember I was we were coming home from a soils judging contest and and I grew up on a farm so I was exposed to the agronomy retail industry. I remember the agronomist from our local cooperative coming out and spending time with my dad walking fields with him. And then my dad also was a seed uh he had a seed dealership uh, and so I was exposed to the district sales managers and to the regional agronomists that he worked with. And I just, I really loved the idea of working directly with farmers. And I, I, I learned through FFA that I really enjoyed soils judging. I really enjoyed crops, learning about how things grew. And, you know, to me, 
I went to South Dakota State University, so I'm a proud jackrabbit. I went there for agronomy. I came out. I worked for several years as a retail agronomist, and I met my wife, and I knew I wanted to go back and get a master's degree because through my exposure of different uh, the agricultural industry, I guess, if you will, I knew I really wanted to work on the technical side. I really liked technical agronomy, and I knew I needed to get a master's degree to do that. So I actually went back to South Dakota State University. I got a master's degree, and when I got close to being done, I started looking at jobs, and uh, I'd had family members that had worked for Lando Lakes. I kind of knew the Lando Lakes culture. They were actually looking for a regional agronomist based in South Dakota, so I could pair my my retail experience with my technical experience in graduate school. And uh, I've I've kind of been in this technical assistance role now for actually I just passed ten years here in the last couple of months. And you know time flies, but it's one of those things where when you look back, you look at you know everything that's led you to where you are now. And I just kind of say a lot of it's got it's just fate. I mean I knew I wanted to work in ag retail, and I, would it could I have dreamed I'd be here? I couldn't have dreamed it, but I'm so thankful that I am because it's just, it's so wonderful. Each and every day is a different challenge. Some days you're walking fields with a ornery farmer and some days you're doing podcasts with fine people like yourself. Oh, well, you gave me goosebumps when you said you can remember the FFA event you were leaving when you really knew what you wanted to do. And then you made me think of a quote from my dad, which is, you know, life accumulates. So it's, uh, I dig it, Kyle. I dig it. Okay. So with all the technical assistance you provide, with that agronomic knowledge, what is the most common question that's brought in front of you today? Like if you had to cluster of all the problems that you help solve, what's probably the biggest one? You know, probably the the biggest question, and it's not necessarily a specific question, but the the biggest question that I get annually is, I've got this weed problem. Tell me what type of a mixture I need to be using and tell me about how I can make sure that this isn't a problem going forward. So that that's really vague. But, you know, when I look at the the Dakotas, Montana, the P&W, I mean, we deal with, I kind of joke that my geography, I think I deal with some of the worst weeds in the entire country, right? I mean, I deal with water hemp and Palmer amaranth to, I mean, Kosha is kind of like our, our, our state, state, state plant, if you will, of South and North Dakota and Montana to, you know, the Pacific Northwest has some crazy grasses that are resistant to a lot of different herbicides. And so it's fun because you have to kind of ground yourself in, okay, where is this question coming from? What, you know, what are some of the challenges associated with the weed that I'm dealing with? Like, you know, for example, water hemp has a very waxy cuticle. So when it gets hot and dry, that one's hard to control. Kosher starts growing early and it's a really hairy weed with lots of growing points. So we have to think about, okay, where are we at in the season relative to how big is the weeds to, you know, just thinking about a lot of the legalities of herbicides. I mean, okay, where are we at in the season? Where is the crop growth stage? What is the cutoff for that? So when do we have to stop spraying that? You know, what what, what can we be adding to it to make the herbicide work better with uh, minimal or no crop injury? So it's, it's, it's really fun to just think through, you know, all the different challenges we face and just how do we, A, how do we make sure that the products perform uh as expected from the retailer and from the farmer, and also how to make sure that the products are being used in a safe manner so the consumer gets a good quality food source. 
So you brought up an idea and something that we mull over a lot at Farm Journal is what does the economic outlook look like for next year? And some folks are saying that margins are going to be tighter for growers. So what would you share as far as, as we head into 24, if margins are tighter, how can folks really stay focused on preserving that agronomic performance that you would be advocating for? You know, I, I think about that question a lot too. And that's actually kind of one of the things that I'm, I'm starting to work on for discussions for next year. And, you know, when you think about using, let's just say pesticides to, to do the job that they were intended to do, to control weeds, to control insects, to control diseases. Um, in my mind, a lot of the work starts right now. It's, sitting down, making a plan, looking at the past season and saying, what what struggles did I have? Did I have struggles with weeds early? Did I have struggles with weeds late? Did I have struggle with bugs at a certain time of year? And, and a really smart agronomist once told me, you always bet on the pest. So if you're assuming that the pest is not going to be a problem next year, I wouldn't make that assumption. If it was a problem last year, there's a good chance it's going to be a problem again next year. So, you know, you start out by, you target what pests did I have a hard time controlling? And then sitting down, if you're a farmer, sitting down with your local retailer, if you're a retailer sitting down, spending some time going to conferences, learning about what are some control strategies this winter, and and really target what were some of the challenges and how can I better invest my money in making sure that that pest is not as much of a problem next year. Like, for example, I'm going to do an actual case study for you right now. Let's say that I struggled with kochia, for example. Well, we know that kochia emerges early. We know that when it comes out of the ground, it puts a lot of growing points on it. So as I think about kochia, probably where I would consider investing money, and again, I'm, I'm speaking from a Northern Plains perspective. Right. You know, kochia it oftentimes can start emerging in March, in through April. I mean, a lot of times people don't address it until they're either planting their wheat or planting their corn, but it can cut, it can start emerging. In fact, I've seen it in central South Dakota. I've seen it emerge in late February. So, where where do where, what does that mean? That means that I would probably target some earlier either herbicide applications for if you're no-till or earlier tillage applications to try to control that weed when it's a little bit smaller versus waiting until corn planting time, soybean planting time, because by then you might have a weed that's six inches tall or taller. And just for those that don't know, anytime you talk weeds that are four to six inches tall or taller, they're technically off label for a lot of herbicide labels. So, you know, just thinking about, I think when I look at how do we ensure that you keep using good agronomy recommendations for next year. A lot of it for me comes down to target the pest. Think about how can you better invest in controlling that particular pest and really understanding why am I investing in a post-emergence herbicide or why am I investing in a post-emergence residual herbicide or why am I spending extra money on AMS and MSO oil with these herbicides? Because all of those, you know, Fun fact, uh, 80% weed control in the world of weed science is fair to good. 90 to 95% is very good to excellent. So we have a really slim margin of error 
and it, you know, all those things that play into what, how do you get your herbicide to go from 80 to 90 or 95%? It's a, it's a very fine margin of error, but it's an art. And when you do it correctly, that's how you see success as a retailer, as a farmer. And that's how you experience better weed control and just better pesticide performance. Yeah. Well, and you're also reiterating a theme that I think we should all say out loud again and again, which is plan ahead, be proactive and use all the information and advisors that you can to help make these decisions. Because there, there could be some times when we're, we're dealing with some tough decisions and some tough calls in the next year. You know, I'm a big football fan. And, and when, you know, when a football team prepares for a game, do they just show up on game day and say, well, I hope we're prepared. No, they sit and they watch film and they watch what the, the, their, their competitor, what's the, what's the skill set and what are the strengths that the competitor is going to bring? Think about your weeds and your bugs and your insects. That's like an opposing football team. Watch film, learn about when do they show up? What are their strengths? How do you, how are you going to combat that? Because having a better understanding of the pests that you're going to be competing against will give you an upper edge to make sure that you have a better plan to manage them. Yeah. No, well said, Kyle. So what would you say is your favorite part of your job? My favorite part of my job, the answer has never changed. In the 10 years I've been doing this, I love whether it's at plot days or it's at winter meetings, I love watching people get it right? Like when you explain an agronomy topic and they're like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. And that makes sense why I'm seeing X, Y, Z in my field. Now that I better understand my test that I'm targeting, I can better build plans to have success trying to minimize that, right? And that's always been my favorite part is the education part of my job. I love an and in fairness, I love learning too. I mean, I, I love going, I love going to conferences in the winter and I love learning more about weed control and about fertility. And I love learning about like, how can I do a better job of helping the people I work with? How can I do a better job helping them help the farmers that they work with so that we all experience success through good agronomy recommendations? No, that's excellent. So one of the reasons why you're on the podcast is you were named our 40 under 40, a program that is helped sponsored by New Farm. So congratulations. Yes, thank you. And whenever our 40 under 40 awardees come on the podcast, my favorite question to ask is, what words would you share with others who are in the early chapters of their career in ag retail? You know, if if I was to think about that question and you know, Mar- Margie, if you'd have told me 10 years ago I'd be where I'd be, I'd say it seems really unlikely. But learn as much as you can. You know, spend some time working directly with farmers if you're able to, whether that's in uh, in, in a direct agronomy retail style, style sales job. Because for me, I did that for three years and I learned so much. I learned about how do you sell fertilizer? How do you sell seed? How do you sell chemistry? How do you sell financing? How do you sell precision agriculture? And how do you put it all together and, and working with the operations crew to get it done? And, you know, spending some time learning more about, like, I try to go to conferences and I try to learn more about the agronomy side of the business. And I did some sales trainings of learning, you know, you, you do the, like, how do you, how do you, I don't know, 
you know, sell this pen or something like that. I mean, that you go through right. that and, and just being open to the idea that, you know, our industry is always changing. And I, I think that's something that I'll be honest. I mean, I'm not even 40 years old yet. And for me, that's been probably one of the biggest learning curves is just seeing how the industry changes, you know, seeing how the internet has changed how we do business. Not only do can farmers buy things online, but the way we get trained, you know, they have we have national webinars that wouldn't have been a thing five years ago. And there's there's ways that you can connect online, but there's still definitely a real in-person aspect to our industry of going out to someone's field, looking at it with them, looking at the trends that you're seeing, working directly with farmers. And so, sorry, I'm, it's kind of a long answer, but just, you know, take in lots of experiences. Don't pigeonhole yourself into that's the exact job I want and that's the exact job I'm going to get because the industry changes so much. Think about your skill sets. And, you know, one of the things that I have done that I think has really helped me is when I started this job, I wrote down several things and said, what what do I want to accomplish in this job? And I don't mean like, you know, earn awards or anything like that. It was, it was, uh, I want to help farmers through technical agronomy. I want to help retail agronomists through technical agronomy. And I want to learn a lot of stuff myself to help myself learn more to help others. And, and that helps me because on, on good days, it makes you feel even better. And on bad days, you just lean on that and say, well, that was fundamentally why I took this job. Am I still doing that? And if I answer yes, then it's been a good day. Oh, I, that's awesome. It just helps recalibrate your compass, right? For, and know- For sure. You yeah. know, to, to that point, I mean, egg retail is a, it's a tough industry to be in. I, I mean, we all know that, that especially during the growing season, the days are long, you get lots of hard questions, but that's also when you're showing your value. And sometimes after a 18 to 20 hour day is sometimes they get, sometimes you have to have just that quick reminder that yes, what I'm doing is making a difference, even though it feels like I'm not getting anywhere yes, what I'm doing is being seen as beneficial by those that I work with. Yeah, absolutely. So Kyle, I like to wrap up each interview with maybe three lightning round questions. Okay. So these can be shorter answer. They can pull from your personal or professional life. But the first one is what's the most used app on your phone? Probably the most used app on my phone is I have an international plant nutrient Institute app that I use that helps me figure out fertilizer removal rates. That's yeah. probably the most used app. And and I will admit, I'm a, I, I'm under 40 years old, but I still use a lot of things browser-based. Like on my phone, I don't use as many apps. So I, I, I'm one of those where, especially for agronomy information, I'm still kind of tied to my computer. I need to get better at that. That's one of those things I can learn more about. But, uh, uh, you know, for sure, the, the IPNI app. And then I suppose the other one would be, too, that uh, I have Winfield United we create, it's called the agronomy Bible. It's like a thousand page document. Well, it's now in an electronic form. So I have that saved on my computer. So that's, that's the other one that I probably use the most where it's got all kinds of answers to questions you might have around herbicides, insecticides, fungicides. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Okay. Kyle, what's one prediction you have for the growing season ahead? For the growing season ahead, I think that when I look at the growing season ahead, I think that we're going to continue to use new technology at a rate that's much faster than it was two 
or three years ago, you know, sea and spray technologies, uh, using drones, using different uh, aerial apps. I think that the way that we keep incorporating new technology into the growing season, I think that that is going to continue to drive the way we make recommendations in a different and hopefully a better way. Yeah. And if I give you a magic wand and you can solve one problem, what would it be? If I had a magic wand and I could fix one problem, for me, it would be, this is a total agronomy nerd answer, it would be understanding how to overcome weed resistance. That's probably the biggest challenge that we face in my geography and I mean, across the entire country, everybody has their challenges. And if we could understand weed resistance and overcome it, I think that would change the dynamics of how we think about weed control and, and product performance. Well, Kyle, congratulations on again being named to the 40 under 40. Also, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. If folks want to follow you, whether it be on any of the social platforms or find you, where would you direct them to? So uh, I, I actually about the only social media platform that I'm still active on, and it's actually directly through Winfield United, is just follow Winfield United on Facebook. Uh, that's where I'm probably the most active. I help write articles for them. And we've got some good agronomy information that people can use, whether they're direct customers of ours or they just want more information. There's a lot of good information that we put out that can be helpful uh, for farmers and for retailers and for anyone just wanting to learn a little more about the agronomy industry. So that is Kyle Gustafson from Winfield United. I'm Margie Eckelkamp, editor of The Scoop. You can follow us on X at Farmers Advisor. You can also find us on Facebook or www.thedailyscoop.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. I'd ask that you give us a five-star review, share this episode with a friend. And if you are listening on our website, go ahead and hop into your favorite podcast app of choice and hit the follow and subscribe button. Until we're on the podcast again, I wish everyone a safe and productive season.